Sins of the Flesh A Good Omens Fic Written by Noodlefrog and read by Literarian Chapter 7 Flesh and Blood Crowley carried Aziraphale back to his bedroom, the angel still quietly giggling, even as Crowley spread him out on the bed. Fuck, what a picture he made. Aziraphale was still wearing that black satin bathrobe, but since he hadn't bothered to tie it closed, it was acting less like an article of clothing at this point and more like a framing device for his wiggling. Black satin spilled across sheets the colour of wine and at the centre of it all lay the long, bare stretch of the most gorgeous being she ever made. The fact that he was currently wearing Crowley's knobbly neat body was a minor detail. Crowley was half convinced that if he dimmed the lights, he could see the angel's joy glowing through bone and blood alike. Poets, painters and pornographers had tried for centuries to capture beauty like this, but Crowley knew he would be incapable of fixing this image in any medium but memory. It was probably true in an objective sense that Crowley's corporation was nice to look at. Aziraphale seemed to think so, at least when the angel was looking with his own standard-issue eyeballs. Other people seemed to think so. Crowley knew it too, at least on an abstract level. Vanity, like all sins, was encouraged downstairs, and Crowley frequently amused himself by annoying his, thankfully now former, co-workers with some company-sanctioned preening and peacocking. He had never imagined, however, that he might one day look at his old familiar flesh vessel and find himself struck with wonder. Never imagined he might want to kneel at those scaly feet and press worshipful kisses across thigh and wrist and neck, across every place he could feel that warm heart beating beneath the skin. For just a moment, as he took in the surreal sight before him, Crowley felt like his world had been tilted just a little to the left. This was Aziraphale, yes, but it was also Crowley's body lying in that bed, the same body that Crowley had worn for the last 6,000 years. It felt almost like he was some voyeur looking at himself from a distance. The spidery shape of those hands was so familiar, even as they played with the Egyptian cotton sheets like they had never felt them before. Those were Crowley's very own legs, gangly and awkward and speckled with scales, yes, but the prim way those ankles crossed was all Aziraphale. It figured, somehow, that the angel would still concern himself with posture and etiquette, despite being essentially naked and very much still covered in Crowley's spit.
It was Aziraphale's smile, however, that made it unquestionably clear who was currently piloting that body. Crowley couldn't help himself but smile back when he saw it. The angel looked so open and so relaxed in a way he so rarely let himself be, though his eyes were still bright and hungry. His cheeks were still flushed, his breathing was still heavy. No great feats of deduction were required to discern what Aziraphale was thinking, even if Crowley had somehow missed the rest, the rosy jut of the angel's half-heart cock was something of a giveaway. Aziraphale, for his part, seemed completely uninterested in demurring or trying to cover his body or hide his arousal. No, if anything, the little tart was putting himself on display, arching his sinuous spine just a touch, pressing his hips back against the mattress. Crowley wondered if the angel was feeling less modest simply because it was Crowley's body he was showing off rather than his own, or if Aziraphale had found it within himself to enjoy being looked at tonight. Perhaps the novelty of having something between his legs at all was enough of a distraction that the angel could forget his own shyness for a while. Regardless, when Aziraphale reached his hands out, Crowley let himself be drawn down to the bed with him, heedless of the fact that he was still fully dressed. He did, at least, tow off Aziraphale's brogues, if for no other reason than because Crowley suspected he'd be too busy to remember to do it later. Oh... Aziraphale said on an exhale as Crowley's weight settled across him. Oh, you feel wonderful on top of me like this. And how many hundreds of years have I been telling you that exact same thing? Crowley asked and pressed a kiss against the twisting serpent marking the side of his lover's face. If all goes according to plan... Aziraphale told him, his voice conspiratorial and almost breathless. We may yet get a few more hundred years for you to keep telling me. Crowley slid his fingers into Aziraphale's hair and kissed him. Kissed him like he might just try to stay right here until heaven and hell came to drag them apart. He only stopped when he noticed the way Aziraphale was squirming beneath him. At first, Crowley thought he might have cause to worry. Then he realized that Aziraphale was rubbing himself against the soft swell of Crowley's tweed-clad thighs. It was important to be gentle right now, Crowley knew. This was likely overwhelming to Aziraphale in a number of ways, physically as well as mentally, and Crowley needed to remember that the angel had spent the last 4,000 years being terrified of ever expressing desire. 
What was happening was a precious, fragile thing, and Crowley knew he should take care not to shame Aziraphale at all, even by accident. However, Aziraphale's trousers and waistcoat were also precious, fragile things, and Crowley was sure Aziraphale would be disappointed to find stains on them later. Huffing out a quiet laugh, Crowley put a hand between them and held Aziraphale's bony hips still. Let me finish getting undressed first, all right? he asked. Aziraphale stared up at him, lips parted, kissed pink, and nodded. Yes, he agreed. Yes, please. You're wearing far too many clothes at the moment, and you are entirely too coherent. All at once, the angel's expression changed, pinched inwards, collapsed into something far less carefree. Angel? Crowley asked, pausing as he reached to untie his bow tie. What's wrong? It's... Aziraphale began, and then bit his lip. I realized my error. My sincerest apologies, my dear. What? Why are you apologizing? Well, you're in my body and I'm in yours, Aziraphale said, with a flick of his eyes in the direction of where said bodies were pressed together. When Crowley still didn't get it, the angel shook his head and tried to explain further. Which means that I have your... anatomy. I did notice, yeah, Crowley said, grinning. And you have mine, the angel finished, and he sounded so bloody serious about it. Or... More specifically, you don't have, well, anything. That's why I'm apologizing. Crowley blinked. It, well, it's not like it was a surprise. Even still, I'd been about to ask if you wanted to, to try something with me. But I forgot. I'm sorry, dear. It was selfish of me. I still want to try it, Crowley told him. You don't have a way to be satisfied, Aziraphale countered. Not like this, not like you're used to. Now, we both know that's not the full story, Crowley said. He kissed the angel's hair. I happen to know a number of ways to make this body of yours happy, no matter what parts are attached. Plus, I can tell you right now that even in my own body, I'm no stranger to fooling around without any specific equipment hooked up. Really? Aziraphale asked. Why ever would you banish your own effort? Experimentation, mostly, Crowley said. I wanted to know how to make it good for you. Plus, sometimes I wanted to see how certain things worked. That big blue silicone cock of yours? 
his eyes flicked over to a specific, seemingly blank wall, the place where his safe was tucked away out of sight. I did a trial run before I brought it over to yours. I know how you'd react if I called you sweet, so I'll keep my comments to myself. Aziraphale bit his lip. It's... it isn't connected anymore. The toy, I mean. At least, I can't feel it anymore. I used to be able to feel it when I concentrated even when... when nothing was happening. But I haven't. Even before we swapped. It's gone. I think the connection was broken when I was discorporated. Eleven years isn't a bad run for something that was supposed to be a test drive, Crowley said, trying to soothe the note of sorrow he heard in the angel's voice. But I bet you could put a little life back in it. Wouldn't take long at all. I'm so terribly embarrassed putting you up in a corporation that's... Aziraphale swallowed around nothing. Missing something rather essential. Crowley shook his head, laughing quietly. <laughs> Angel, it's your body, not an Airbnb with a shower that doesn't work. Honestly, I'm just very excited about the whole you going to hell to keep me from being melted thing. He reached down and cupped the angel's cheek. A little silicon isn't going to put me off the chance to make the night before it a bit more fun. Are you sure? Aziraphale asked. His eyes were huge, desperate, clearly hoping that Crowley wasn't about to push him away. Crowley never would. He wasn't even sure he could. Am I sure I want to make love? Crowley asked, risking using a term that would have sent Aziraphale running only a few weeks ago. Instead, Aziraphale just held him tighter and nodded. The whole world got turned upside down today, but if there's one bloody thing that I actually am sure of, it's this. I want you, Angel. I always want you, no matter what body I'm in. And as you so astutely pointed out, I'm saying this with a completely clear mind. It isn't even my willy talking here, just me. Crowley ran his thumb along Aziraphale's cheekbone. What about you? Do you want this? Yes, Aziraphale said, and he sounded so fucking genuine. Then a crease formed between his eyebrows. I just... I just don't want this to be lesser for you. It's not going to be lesser. Has it been lesser for you? No, Aziraphale admitted, the faintest wobble to his lip. In spite of everything heaven has done, you... You never made me feel like I was missing out. Crowley squeezed the angel. Listen, forget heaven for a second. Forget hell. 
if it was just me here and just you, what would you want? I'd... Aziraphale said, then seemed to force himself to keep speaking. You. I'd want you, in any way you'd have me. Crowley kissed him again. You have me, Angel. I'm right here. I'd want to make you feel good. We can make that happen, Crowley said. Show me where your wall safe is, darling, Aziraphale told him, sounding just a little bit bolder. Just a little steadier. He gave Crowley a once-over. I want to give you the time to get my clothing put away. I think I'd like my body to look its best when they try to kill me tomorrow and wrinkled trousers would detract from the look. Laughing, Crowley rolled over onto his back so Aziraphale could get up. It's hidden behind an illusion, Crowley said, gesturing to the wall with a lazy hand before starting to untie his bow tie. You'll need to run a hand along the concrete until you feel the seam. Aziraphale walked over to the wall, the satin bathrobe trailing behind him. It could only be described as something he was wearing anymore out of pure technicality, since by now it had fallen all the way off his shoulders and was currently only held in place where it was bunched up at his elbows. Crowley watched as the angel felt around the seemingly featureless surface until... Ah, yes, I think I've found it. Aziraphale said, delighted. Good, Crowley told him, sitting up and starting to work the waistcoat's tiny buttons open. Now try to see if you can find where the middle of the panel is and push. After a moment, a piece of the wall melted away to reveal the steel exterior of a safe and the dial of a combination lock. You certainly love a bit of espionage, don't you, my dear? Aziraphale said, casting a teasing look over his shoulder. Crowley couldn't help but notice the angel's appreciative glance down at his chest where he was unbuttoning his shirt, giving his best impression of one of Aziraphale's own patented wiggles Crowley finished up and pushed the shirt down off his shoulders. It's worked so far, hasn't it? He waved a hand, and several wooden clothes hangers appeared out of the air. It was quick enough work to hang the angel's shirt and waistcoat neatly, and quicker still to send them flying across the room and out of what Crowley was sure was about to become a highly stain-prone area. There were no hooks on the wall over there, but the hangers would stick to the concrete anyway. Aziraphale clicked his tongue. Really now? You mean to tell me that you don't have so much as a single clothes hanger in this entire flat? Why would I? Crowley scoffed 
thumbing open the buttons on the ridiculous tweed trousers he was still wearing. One thing these had in their favour, however, was that they were easier to remove than the skin-tight style Crowley was used to. He was able to fold them, hang them, and send them zooming towards the opposite wall in less time than it would have taken just to wriggle out of a pair of his own leather trousers. You keep a cabinet full of pharmaceutical company marks and pens, but not a single hanger to hang your jackets on, Aziraphale said dryly. Fondly, too, somehow. First of all, the mugs and pens are there for gloating purposes, Crowley said, grinning. Naturally. I don't keep a lot of my clothes lying around after I'm done with them. Fast fashion, that's one of mine. Or at least I got the credit for it. Crowley gestured at the barren room around them. Minimalism, though, I do bear some responsibility for. Did you know there are some humans out there who feel like they're more spiritually enlightened than other people are because they only own one single pen in their entire house? I'm at least owning up to what I'm doing here. Truly fiendish, dear, Aziraphale said and rolled his eyes. He tapped the safe with his fingers. Now, are you going to let me inside this bloody thing, or am I going to need to pry it out of the wall? The combination, Crowley said, folding his hands in his lap where he was perched on the edge of the bed, is the date we began the arrangement. Aziraphale's smile turned soft. You old romantic. He turned the combination dial, the clicking of the well-oiled mechanism barely audible from within. The safe did not open. Don't tell me you forgot the date, Crowley teased as Aziraphale continued to fiddle with the lock. I did not forget the date, Aziraphale snipped. I am, however, wondering if you forgot the date. Impossible. Oh, really now? Because when I put in the correct date, your safe did not open. Gregorian calendar, Angel. Aziraphale stared at him, mouth agape. But, but when we began, it was... The Julian calendar, I know, Crowley said, waving a hand. But the humans here use the Gregorian one now. Gotta keep current. Bother, Aziraphale mumbled, turning back to the safe. I can never keep them straight in my head. You've never kept anything straight in your life, Crowley countered, grinning as Aziraphale finally got the safe open. Aziraphale spun on his heel, wielding the dildo like it was a blue silicon sword as he marched towards the bed. He even managed, somehow, to get a proper fencer's grip around the balls. Now that I've gotten that infernal thing sorted, the angel began. Yeah, 
What are you planning on doing with that thing, exactly? Crowley asked, laughing at the obscene bob of the sex toy being pointed at him. <laughs> Bludgeon me to death with it? Never to death, dear, Aziraphale said, and lightly bonked Crowley on the top of his head with it. The angel's eyes flicked down to Crowley's still pants-clad lap. Are you wanting to leave those on? There was something uncertain in Aziraphale's eyes, something a little tense. Crowley remembered all those times Aziraphale himself had wanted to remain partially clothed during sex. A large part of that was likely down to the fact that Aziraphale had a hard time getting out of his own head at times like those, and full nudity could feel like too big of a step when he was feeling anxious and guilty. However, Crowley had often found himself wondering if Aziraphale ever felt uncomfortable looking at the part of his corporation that the other angels had modified. Or worse, if perhaps Aziraphale ever doubted that Crowley wanted to see all of him. Crowley couldn't stand the idea that Aziraphale might be wondering something like that tonight. Couldn't stand to let Aziraphale think for an instant that there was a single inch of his body that Crowley didn't love. Well, you know me, Crowley said, offering a lazy smile. Zero modesty. Willing to strip the whole kit off at the slightest hint of provocation. I just thought I'd wait and ask, seeing as it is your body I'm wearing tonight. Didn't want to presume. Aziraphale seemed to relax a little then. Go ahead. Presume. Crowley slipped his thumbs under the waistband of the pants he was wearing and realized that they must have been constructed prior to the invention of elastic. They had a button closure, for someone's sake. Laughing, Crowley felt his smile turn teasing. <laughs> Just checking, Angel. Did you want me to hang these up with the rest of your clothes, or were you wanting me to arrange to donate them to the British Museum? I'm pretty sure they qualify as a historically significant artefact by this point. The angel was smiling now too, and with what looked like a burst of courage, or maybe it was just hunger, slipped a leg across both of Crowley's and sank down until he was kneeling on the bed, straddling him. I don't care what you do with them. Aziraphale said, slipping a finger under the buttons like he had half a mind to tear them open. Set them on fire for all I care. Singed sheets would definitely be a mood kill, and Aziraphale ripping Crowley's knickers off barehanded would be a safety hazard. 
Without any genitals hooked up at the moment, there wouldn't be an easy way for Crowley to come on the spot, so he'd probably discorporate instead, as he was struck by a massive surge of inexpressible lust. That, or he'd explode and take half the building out with him. At the minimum. So, for the protection of newly saved London, Crowley did the only sensible thing and banished those ancient linen drawers to parts unknown. You seem impatient, Angel. Did you have something else you'd rather be doing than chatting with me about calendars? Crowley teased, leaning back on his hands. Am I distracting you from something? You are always a distraction, Aziraphale said. But no, chatting with you is never a waste of my time. Crowley couldn't help himself but ask, Even tonight? Even when there might be so little time left. The angel's smile grew even warmer, and Crowley thought he might actually melt. Especially tonight. Aziraphale put an arm around Crowley's neck and kissed him, slow and sweet. With so little space between their bodies now, though, it was easy for Crowley to notice the moment when the angel's previously flagging interest began to return. You told me earlier that you wanted to do everything, Crowley murmured against Aziraphale's lips. Have you thought any more about what you might like to try next? The look on Aziraphale's face, eyes wide, cheeks scalding, told Crowley that, yeah, Aziraphale had definitely thought about it. The angel opened his mouth and then stalled out. I... I don't know how to ask for it, Aziraphale said, his voice suddenly small. That's all right, Crowley told him, petting Aziraphale's thigh where the angel was straddling him. Could you show me? Somehow, though it didn't seem possible, Aziraphale's blush deepened. I... I'd want to, um, to make sure it was something you liked, wanted. How about we proceed under the assumption that I'd want whatever you wanted to try? Crowley asked, exhaling a quiet laugh. <laughs> Promise I'll tell you if I don't like something, but I really doubt that would be the case. The angel seemed to think about it for a moment. Can you... Um, did you still want to... He trailed off, but gestured towards the dildo still clutched in his other hand. Sure, Crowley said. I can hook myself up to it now, if you'd like. Aziraphale fiddled with the toy before bringing it between them, and pressing the base of it against the blank skin of Crowley's pelvis. Crowley wasn't quite sure whose miracle started it, 
but he felt the soft slide of leather start to snake its way around his waist and the circumference of each of his thighs. An O-ring appeared around the shaft of the cock, too, and within seconds the harness had wrapped itself all the way around Crowley's body to hold the dildo firmly in place. For all that they had indulged in phone sex in the recent past, Crowley hadn't actually seen Aziraphale wear this strap-on very often. There had been that first time eleven years ago, and a few scattered encounters over the years when the Dowlings had gone on holiday and Crowley and Aziraphale had gotten the gardener's cottage all to themselves for a few blissful days at a time. Its most recent appearance had been three days ago, when they'd been in the back room of the bookshop, waiting for the end to begin. They'd both been a little drunk and very scared, and Crowley hadn't really gotten the chance to appreciate the sight. Every time Crowley saw Aziraphale wear it, Crowley was taken aback at how good it looked on him, jutting out from the apex of Aziraphale's broad thighs. Cloudy, pearly blue in a way that was perfectly accented by the dark blonde curls that grew where nothing else had been allowed to. Even though he was the one possessing the Angel's Corporation tonight, all Crowley had to do now was look down at his lap to see for himself how natural it looked against his borrowed skin. No one would ever see this and think it was the angel's own homegrown penis. Of course, that had never been the point. Regardless, though, the toy looked like it belonged as part of Aziraphale's body. It was an extension of him. It suited him. And tonight, it could suit Crowley, too. I... Earlier, you showed me. Aziraphale began, and then seemed to need to force himself to continue. You showed me something you knew would, uh, would feel good. To this body that I'm inhabiting. Hmm. Crowley agreed, stroking the sharp hip bones beneath his hands, just to make the angel flutter his eyes close. I want it, Aziraphale continued on a sigh. To be able to show you something similar, if possible. You want to show me all those places that feel good to this body I'm wearing? Crowley asked and snuck his hands around to press his fingers into those little divots just above Aziraphale's borrowed backside. It had always felt wonderful when Aziraphale pressed his thumbs into them while he was fucking Crowley from behind with a strap-on. It seemed to feel wonderful to Aziraphale now, too, given the way the angel gasped at the touch. The cock that was pressed between them, the one made of flesh and blood rather than not-yet-animate silicon, was warm and hard, 
and slick at the tip. Crowley could feel it nudging against the soft swell of his belly as Aziraphale rocked his hips. Yes, Aziraphale told him and wrapped a hand around the dildo. I want you to be able to feel what it's like. Crowley pushed a thread of his being outside of the confines of his corporation and let it twine itself around each particle of silicon it touched. Let it take root inside the prosthetic cock and bring it to life. It took perhaps a second for all the nerves to kick on, but the next thing he knew, Crowley was sucking a breath in between his teeth as he felt the stroke of a narrow-fingered hand around the newest, most sensitive part of his body. Oh, fuck! Crowley swore, his hips bucking up to follow the sweet friction of Aziraphale's fist. That... that feels... It's a lot, isn't it? Aziraphale murmured in his ear in a sympathetic tone. That first touch after so long of... of nothing. Yes, yes, but it's... Crowley cut himself off with a gasp. He tried to swallow it down, tried to keep speaking. He couldn't stand it if Aziraphale thought any part of this was too much. It's good, it's good, don't, don't stop. The angel, blessed bastard that he was, didn't slow the movement of his hand for even a moment. Nor, in fact, did he slow the movement of his other hand. Or of his lips. Aziraphale seemed to want to touch Crowley everywhere, stroking Crowley's sides and thighs, squeezing and kissing his pectorals, clearly marvelling in the novelty of touching such familiar skin with new purpose. Crowley felt his nerves buzzing in the wake of each brush of the angel's lips and fingers, those gentle touches lingering even after Aziraphale moved on to somewhere else. Aziraphale hadn't been wrong, though Crowley was hesitant to classify anything that had happened earlier today as nothing. These might be the first sexual touches Crowley had felt tonight, but what was happening right now was not the first thing that had sent Crowley's pulse racing. He'd been feeling pent up since even before they had swapped bodies. The lack of genitals had just allowed him to ignore it. Now that there was a physical outlet for the arousal Crowley felt, it surged to vibrant, furious life within him. Before, he'd been able to remain clear-headed and calm, even as he felt something stirring deep beneath the surface. 
Now it was difficult to do anything more than ride the cresting waves of sensation as pleasure struck at the very core of him. Within moments, Crowley's world narrowed down to just the hot, quick slide of the angel's hand and the swooping sensation in his own belly as he tumbled ass over dildo towards an inevitable sweaty end. Some of this passion felt familiar. Crowley was used to feeling overwhelmed by sensation when he was with Aziraphale. He wasn't used to feeling it while wearing this body, however, and Aziraphale's corporation definitely seemed to have a few ideas of its own. There were parts of him that were more sensitive now than when Crowley was in his usual body. He'd never felt much of anything from his own nipples, but the ones he was wearing tonight filled him with a delicious, low-level buzz whenever Aziraphale licked and sucked them. The thing that felt the most different was how sharply Aziraphale's body seemed to crave pleasure. Crowley had never felt such urgency before this. It bordered on desperation, and it seemed to be coming entirely from the angel's own reflexes rather than from Crowley's mind. Each touch that Aziraphale offered him was one that Crowley found himself aching to chase, patience be damned. His hips were jolting without permission, his hands twitching against the sheets as he fought the urge to reach out and grab a hold of the angel and beg him for more. Sex never felt quite so much like hunger in Crowley's usual body, and all at once Crowley realized why. Over the past 6,000 years, their corporations had been trained to respond in certain ways when given certain input. For Crowley, that meant, well, a lot of things. Hell had taught Crowley's body to flinch at sudden movements and that it could never relax unless his back was to a wall. It had been taught to tolerate a certain amount of pain and keep moving through it, but never to enjoy it. As for Crowley himself, he'd taught his body a lot about speed and excess. It liked fast cars and fast sex and extraordinary amounts of alcohol and century-long naps. He had taught it self-control, but never much about denial. When Crowley's body started to crave sex, he'd give it some. Sometimes it was a simple wank in the shower, sometimes it was mind-blowing sex with Aziraphale. No matter how involved the process was, though, his body had clearly developed a certain set of expectations. Most of the time when it got aroused, it expected that it would experience some kind of release. Pleasure was routine for Crowley. Still exciting, 
always exciting, but not something he ever had to fear he'd never get to feel again. For Aziraphale, the opposite was true. Sexual pleasure was a rarity for him, and it was always something that was accompanied by some degree of guilt or anxiety or complication. It hadn't always been that way for him. From what Crowley understood, pleasure used to be a simple thing for Aziraphale, just another pleasant trick of his corporation. Then heaven had taken that away from him, forced a lesson upon him, one that was impossible to forget, one that sank down to the very nerves of his body. The lesson seems to have persisted even after Aziraphale's discorporation. Even after his body had been remade again today, atom for atom, it clearly remembered what it had been shown over the millennia. It knew that pleasure was a rare and terrifying thing, and that it could be taken away and never returned. So now, when Aziraphale's body felt pleasure, it held on to it like a starving wolf snarling around a bone. Crowley shook apart in record time, so quickly that he might have been reflexively embarrassed about it if it didn't feel so fucking good. Aziraphale held him through it, a hand supporting the back of Crowley's neck as his body tensed and curled itself. Stroked him softly until the trembling subsided. With an orgasm that strong and that sudden, Crowley half expected for his belly to be absolutely soaked in cum, but of course that wasn't what had happened. He was, however, slicked up with lube. Had Aziraphale miracled some? Or had Crowley been so lost in sensation that he'd missed the angel rifling around in the side table drawer? Opening his eyes, the first thing Crowley saw was Aziraphale's smile. They were pressed forehead to forehead, the angel's red hair sticking up in every direction. Yellow eyes were locked on Crowley's lips, and when they kissed, Crowley noticed that the tongue that slipped inside his mouth was going forked. Thanks for that. Crowley wheezed, smiling when they broke for air. Why are you thanking me? Aziraphale asked, his nose wrinkling adorably, too adorably, given that Crowley was certain his own pointy face had never looked like that while he was the one wearing it. Shall we count the reasons? Crowley teased, and as he listed them all off, he pressed another finger into the meat of Aziraphale's thigh. One, you made me come so hard I think my spine melted. Hitachi magic wants all over the world are jealous. Two, you took the edge off, meaning that next time, and that's point three, if I might be so presumptuous, 
I might be able to do a little more than lie there and explode on contact. And point three... Crowley kissed Aziraphale on the corner of his mouth, not failing to notice the little tremor of tension that was threaded through the angel's posture. Point three is that you're looking at me like you might like to have next time happen here pretty soon, and right now I can't think of anything I'd rather do. Well, I, I may have had other ideas... Aziraphale said. Crowley wrapped his arms around the angel's neck and pulled him close enough to kiss him properly. Tell me. It... you always seemed to like it when I did it for you before, in our own way. Aziraphale took a steadying breath. And it felt incredible for me too once we... well discovered certain facts about my corporation. Crowley thought he knew where Aziraphale was going with this, but he wanted to be certain. He wasn't sure quite where Aziraphale's boundaries were anymore, though, or what he would be comfortable hearing today, or what he could even let himself say aloud. Are you asking to try something new tonight, Angel? Crowley asked. Aziraphale nodded and bit his lip. We... we have tried it before. Rather a lot, really. The Angel's cheeks were a fiery red. With... Um, with toys or... or hands. Mouths, but never... never quite like this. Never with... not with just... Flesh and blood, Crowley suggested. Not to say hands or a mouth or, or other parts aren't flesh and blood, or that anything we've done has ever been something I thought of as... as not enough, Aziraphale babbled. But I've always been... curious. We can, Crowley told him. Any way you like. How were you picturing it going? Could... could you lie back? Aziraphale asked, barely louder than a whisper. Crowley did so easily and with a smile. The angel seemed like he was shaking slightly as he slid off of Crowley's lap and slipped between the legs that had parted for him the moment Crowley realised where Aziraphale had been wanting to go. Is... is this okay? Aziraphale asked. The angel's cock was so hard it almost looked painful, smearing precum into the coppery hair on his belly, but he still held himself with iron-bound restraint. More than, Crowley assured him, opening his legs just a little wider apart. He gave in to the temptation to squeeze at his own thick thighs with his hands, marvelling at the softness of the fat and muscle, the fuzz of hair and the smoothness of stretch marks. More than, Angel. 
I've always loved it when it was a toy you were wearing, so I know I'll love this, too. Oh, Aziraphale said, staring between Crowley's legs with wide eyes. It was strange. That kind of surprised delight sounded totally out of place when it had been said using Crowley's voice. What? I have a really nice bottom. Crowley couldn't help but break out in laughter. <laughs> you do, Angel, you really do. Been thinking that for... for way too fucking long. Crowley tried to school his expression into something wicked, but he felt his lips trembling towards a smile that was more amused than it was wolfish. And I can assure you, it feels even better than it looks. Really now, Aziraphale said, and it looked like some of his nerves were starting to slip away again. It almost sounds as if you're angling for something. I am. Thank you for noticing. Crowley raised his arse a little higher off the bed and spread his legs as far apart as they could go with fully human-shaped hip joints. Now, if this angle doesn't work for you, I can try to... Oh. He cut himself off with a strangled moan as Aziraphale grabbed two handfuls of cheeks, leaned down low and licked him. The first orgasm of the evening had done a lot to steady him, but each hot, wet press of Aziraphale's tongue, completely forked by now and actually growing a bit longer by the feel of it, felt like it was melting everything south of Crowley's belly button into a pool of sticky sweet liquid pleasure. It was pretty clear that Aziraphale was having a little bit of difficulty controlling the tongue like this, but Crowley didn't need him to be able to tie a cherry stem with it in order for it to wreck him. He lost track of time completely, aware of little else besides the slithering push that was opening him up by degrees. The squeeze where their hands were tangled together on the sheets. The building urge to feel more and more of this angel inside him. Fingers! Crowley heard himself asking. He felt the press of two fingers beside the soft intrusion of Aziraphale's tongue, and with more finesse than the angel had ever displayed with his magic tricks, Aziraphale swapped out one for the other. His fingers were slick, but with something more lasting than saliva. Aziraphale must have been using miracles for this, Crowley realized. There was no bottle in their bed, and Aziraphale hadn't pulled away from his relentless teasing long enough to fetch anything. The fingers on the hands Aziraphale wore tonight were long and slender, and Crowley's body seemed eager to open for them. 
That first purposeful nudge against Crowley's prostate sent sparks racing up his spine, and Crowley couldn't do much more than gasp and ride it out. Aziraphale took that as a signal to go faster, pressing again and again at that sensitive spot. It felt incredible, but overwhelming, and beneath it was the slow build of an aching sting. If Crowley had been feeling just a touch more self-destructive tonight, he might have welcomed that. Might have told himself that even if he died tomorrow, he'd walk to his doom feeling the ghost of his lover's touch. Fortunately, Crowley was instead still riding the high of the world not ending, and was thus able to recognize that thought as being one that was pure bollocks. It would be different if Crowley enjoyed pain at all, but he didn't. If he walked to his doom tomorrow, still feeling the ache of tonight, Crowley knew himself well enough to recognize he'd probably just be grumpy to be dying while having a sore asshole. Heaven would be enough of a pain in the ass without Crowley adding to the score himself. Besides, if they survived, when they survived, that stubborn spark of hope told him, Crowley wouldn't want to return this corporation to Aziraphale in a state of discomfort. Crowley groped vaguely between his legs until he found Aziraphale's wrist to pat at. Little slower, he mumbled. Aziraphale's hand stopped as the angel looked up at him, serpentine eyes wide with concern. Crowley smiled at him to let him know it was all right. Scoot, I just want to savor it. Aziraphale opened his mouth to say something, but instead of words, he just made a completely unintelligible hiss. He covered his lips with his other hand, laughing a little at himself, then resumed his quest to take Crowley apart at the seams, albeit at a slower pace now. Did you switch the tongue around on purpose? Crowley asked him, rolling his hips at the luxury of the sensation. Or did it just get away from you? The angel tried to speak again, but they both just laughed harder when all that came out was another tangle of sibulence. Give me a moment, will you? Aziraphale finally managed to bite out. Your corporation has a few more moving parts than I'm used to. I'll tell you what, Crowley said, feeling like he could take a risk here and perhaps not send Aziraphale running off into the night. If you come up here and fuck me, you can slip that tongue in my mouth, and it won't matter what shape it's in. Azira felt tensed for a moment, and Crowley felt a spike of panic that he had misjudged. 
Then the angel was draping himself up over Crowley and kissing him like his life depended on it. Crowley could feel the hot, slick nudge of Aziraphale's cock between his legs, and he reached low and helped line it up as Aziraphale busied himself running his fingers through Crowley's hair. The angel was trembling as he pushed inside, slow and halting, and the next time Crowley looked up at him, Aziraphale's eyes looked terrified. Do you want to stop? Crowley asked, cupping Aziraphale's cheek. Aziraphale shook his head hard and gave his hips a shallow, gentle roll. I've never... Aziraphale said, his voice a hoarse whisper. He seemed like he was wrestling with both the shape of his tongue and the strength of his courage, but was determined to keep speaking no matter the cost. I've never wanted to stop. They'd never done this before, not like this. Not skin to skin, fitted together like a hand in a glove. While Crowley had tried very hard over the years to never make Aziraphale feel like he was missing out by not being able to do things like this, there was something undeniably momentous about being able to do it now. No wonder Aziraphale was shaking like a fucking leaf. You don't have to push yourself, Crowley told him. You don't have to prove anything to me. I'm not... Oh, damn, this infernal tongue. Aziraphale swore, blinking rapidly and then clenching his eyes shut. His voice sounded rough, but the tongue that swiped out to wet his lips looked fully human. Crowley wouldn't point that out to him, though. He'd let Aziraphale keep the dignity afforded by his little white lie. I'm not trying to prove something to you. I'm trying to prove it to... to myself. There'll be other times... Crowley said, brushing the hair out of Aziraphale's face. If you're not ready tonight, we can try again tomorrow. I've been ready for so long, Crowley, Aziraphale said, eyes still closed, lip trying very hard not to wobble. I don't... they can't stop us tonight. I don't want to be the one who stops us for them. Come here, Crowley murmured, pulling Aziraphale into an embrace until they were pressed together, chest to chest. They lay there for a while, Aziraphale still buried in Crowley's body down to the root and waited for Aziraphale's breathing to steady out. Crowley rubbed meaningless patterns into Aziraphale's back, and neither of them acknowledged the fact that Aziraphale's cheeks might have been a little wet. 
the poor seemed to have done the angel some good, because after a few minutes, Aziraphale turned his head and pressed a kiss to Crowley's lips. Then he did it again. The third time, the kiss lingered. The fourth was accompanied by a tiny thrust from his hips, which in turn brought a delicious spark of heat. Aziraphale's breathing seemed to be speeding up again, but perhaps for happier reasons this time. Still tangled up in each other's arms, they began to rock together again. The passion built itself back up, though this time it seemed to be coming from some place deeper than fiery desperation and frantic need. You feel... Crowley sighed, his hands roaming all over Aziraphale's back and sides. Fucking incredible. Mm. Aziraphale hummed back. He didn't seem capable of saying much more, but Crowley didn't care. The angel's cock was moving inside him, a blissful intrusion, and there wasn't a thing heaven or hell could do to stop them. Aziraphale's cheeks were flushed, his heart beat loud against Crowley's chest. He seemed like he was lost in sensation, but he never stopped trying to touch Crowley wherever he could reach. As Crowley squeezed his hips with his thighs, Aziraphale pressed a chain of open-mouthed kisses to the tender, sweaty skin of Crowley's throat. Reached between them and wrapped a slick hand around Crowley's cock. Even though the hourglass had never felt closer to empty, there was no rush to what they were doing anymore. Just a slow, sweet slide towards something bright and blissful. Aziraphale tipped over the precipice first, his thighs going tense and taut for a moment, before he gasped and spilled deep inside Crowley's body. He kept his hand working on Crowley's silicon cock until Crowley followed him over, hips bucking, clenching around the softening heat still buried within him. They didn't separate for several long, quiet minutes. It seemed like both of them were content to stay there, wrapped around each other, until the sweat on their bodies began to make them chilly and the spend dripping down Crowley's thighs started to go tacky. He cleaned them both with a thought and a flick of his hand, but he still felt Aziraphale shivering. We should get under the blankets, Crowley sighed. My body can't hold heat, but I have it on good authority that yours is pretty bloody toasty. Grumbling quietly, Aziraphale pulled out and crawled closer to the head of the bed. Crowley followed him up and tugged the sheets to the side. 
they collapsed in a pile of limbs and burrowed under the duvet until only their eyes and noses were exposed. Crowley shimmied closer, feeling a soppy grin stretch across his face. So, he said. So, Aziraphale repeated. He was staring straight up at the ceiling, his cheeks pink. Are you fishing for compliments? I'm trying to see how you're doing, Crowley told him. I'm fine, Aziraphale said at once, and then paused. A smile threatened to break out across his face. Better than fine, really. And I would say that... that what we just did felt better than I'd ever imagined... But... Crowley nudged him with a foot under the covers. But, in truth, I never really let myself imagine this was possible. In fact, I had myself half convinced it wasn't. There were times when it was easier that way. To believe that, I mean. Crowley put his chin on Aziraphale's chest. He didn't push... But in time, the angel exhaled and explained. <sighs> For a long time, there weren't a lot of places on this body that felt very nice to touch. Aziraphale admitted, running a finger along the blank skin beneath Crowley's mons beside the straps of the harness. Well, no, that's not quite true. It always felt good when it was you touching me. But I didn't... I was afraid of it, too. Touch, not you. Never you, just... What the result of your touches might be. What do you mean? You tried so hard for so long to find ways to bring me pleasure, Aziraphale said. I'm not sure what I was more afraid of in those days, that you'd find out how to do it and I'd risk breaking a rule, or, or that you'd never figure it out. That I'd know once and for all that it was impossible. That what had been taken couldn't ever be returned. Aziraphale took a deep breath, closed his eyes, steadied himself. I was afraid I'd ruined myself playing with my corporation. Other angels didn't know what they were missing, but I... I did. Before heaven intervened, I'd taught myself what pleasure felt like and I was afraid I'd never feel it again. And if even you couldn't find a workaround, I'd know it was hopeless. You didn't ruin anything, Crowley told him. But I'm glad we did find a way. If it hadn't worked tonight for whatever reason, I would have kept looking until we found something that did. Heaven's never been that creative, and you and I have always been cleverer than they've known what to do with. I always knew that figuring it out was just a matter of time. I'm just glad we got here before tomorrow, Aziraphale said, 
huffing out a humorless laugh. Crowley nuzzled his face into the crook of Aziraphale's shoulder. Come over here, Angel. You're freezing. He lifted up an arm and Aziraphale pushed himself onto his side until they could be touching from chin to hip. I must say I appreciate you lending a hand, as it were, Aziraphale said. I'm I'm not sure I could have done this otherwise. An idea started to turn itself around inside Crowley's mind. As soon as he had realized the general shape of it, he found that he was grateful that he'd thought of it just now, in the safety of their afterglow. He didn't trust himself to have been wise enough to not blurt out this kind of an offer while he and Aziraphale had been otherwise occupied. This was a question they needed to be clear-headed to discuss, and Crowley hoped that at the current moment there might be less risk of Aziraphale saying yes to this just because he thought Crowley might only be asking because he wanted something different from the body he was inhabiting. You know, Crowley began. He leaned in close and whispered in Aziraphale's ear. There is a demon in possession of your body right now. There is, Aziraphale acknowledged. So it goes to figure, he said, running a finger down Aziraphale's spine. It goes to figure that any modifications said demon made while he was still in control of your physical form would be totally out of your control. Therefore, you would not actually be breaking any rules. Are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting? Aziraphale murmured, turning his neck so he could look Crowley in the face. It was definitely weird to see that much hope and excitement looking back at him from Crowley's own serpentine eyes. I'm just saying that it's a possibility, Crowley said, casual as anything. I did notice earlier, be a bit hard not to really, pardon the pun, that there are parts of the physical form you are currently occupying that you seem to really enjoy being able to use. While I'm here in your body, I could spruce the place up a bit, put in some new carpeting to match the drapes, as it were, and even though technically you wouldn't have been the one to make said adjustments, once you're back in your own body, anything I made would be yours to enjoy for as long as you wanted it. Aziraphale frowned. But tonight... Yeah, I... Crowley began and just narrowly avoided letting himself say, I'm not sure how many other nights we can count on having. Instead, he said, I mean, sure, why not tonight? It's not like you really have to worry about pissing heaven off any more than they already are, right? Why not do something for yourself, too? 
The angel leaned back on the pillow, closing his eyes in thought. You're, you're not wrong. I can't really imagine them saying, Oh now, Aziraphale, we were going to let you go with a written warning for all that Armageddon business, but we see you have a tallywhack and that's a step too far. Into the flames with you, Slutton. To Aziraphale's credit, he managed to keep that stuffy American accent going almost all the way to the end. He broke on the word tallywhacker, and they were both half to hysterics by Slattern. Oh, Angel, I just keep imagining all their fucking faces tomorrow, Crowley said once he was able to catch his breath again. I can't imagine a bigger fuck you to your old bosses, letting the whole repressed lot of them know that not only did you ruin their plans for world destruction, you've also been having a lot more fun than they've been while you did it. Aziraphale was still shaking with silent laughter, seemingly unable to speak. It took a few minutes for Crowley to realize that the cadence of his breathing seemed off, shallower, more frantic. Perhaps the angel was closer to hysterics than Crowley had thought. Crowley reached out and put a hand on Aziraphale's shoulder. He flinched at the touch, though he relaxed into it a moment after. The silence that followed stretched thinner and thinner until it shattered. I'm, I'm not sure I want them to know, really, Aziraphale said at long last. He sounded like he was determined to come across as nonchalant, but Crowley could see the tension the angel carried in his jaw. Noticed the way Aziraphale's hands had come together, trying to twist a ring that was on Crowley's hand tonight instead of Aziraphale's own. Do you really think they'd take a peep down the front of your trousers? Crowley asked, but as he was saying it, it began to sound less like a joke to his own ears and more like a genuine possibility. Under his hand, he felt Aziraphale begin to tremble. It's been... Crowley, they've been involved in my... in my intimate affairs for so long. For thousands of years. You don't know what it's like to... to have a... Partner. Aziraphale paused and breathed, obviously trying to keep his voice from cracking harder than it already had. To have a partner who is so. who is wonderfully patient, so thoughtful, so. so eager to make you happy. When Aziraphale collected himself again, Crowley wrapped the angel up in his arms. Well, in Aziraphale's own arms, really. He hoped that Aziraphale would find this as comforting as Crowley had always found it when he was embraced by this body. He murmured into his angel's hair. I do know what it's like, actually. But go on. 
Aziraphale let out a shaky, watery laugh. <laughs> Flatterer. It isn't flattery if it's true. There was a pause, just long enough that Crowley started to wonder if Aziraphale had decided against explaining what he was thinking. Then Aziraphale started to speak, his voice quiet and muffled against Crowley's shoulder. I've hated that I've had to lie about it. Aziraphale said, and his voice sounded so bloody small. About us. I've hated making you lie about it, too. You weren't the one who made us have to lie, Crowley reminded him, petting at the back of the angel's neck. Still, I wish... I wish I could just speak plainly. It's exhausting, finding excuses for every little thing. I always knew, Crowley promised him. No matter how convoluted the doublespeak got, I always knew what you meant. Word games aren't going to change that. I hate it. I hated the fact that heaven always had a... had a fucking say. Aziraphale said, and his voice really did break then. It was... it was humiliating that every time I... I wanted to touch you, I had to... think about what they would think. That I was scared of letting you touch me for so long. That I was to... pretend that the few things we could do weren't really happening at all. I put their rules on you too, Crowley, and I don't know if I can ever for forgive myself for that. Angel, Angel, no, no, Crowley said, rubbing circles on his angel's back as Aziraphale's ragged breathing gave way to sobs. I never minded, Angel, not even a little bit. I was always happy with us, with the things we did. Angry at heaven, yeah, sure, what else is new? But Aziraphale, I promise you, all I ever wanted to do was meet you where you were, wherever you were comfortable. Please don't ever feel guilty for doing what you needed to do. You were just trying to survive and you still managed to... To let me know you loved me. All at once, Aziraphale went very still. Then, in a shaky, quiet voice, he said, That's another thing I've never gotten to do. I never got to say that out loud. Do you want to? Crowley asked him, gently scratching Aziraphale's back with smooth, manicured nails. Aziraphale burrowed down until his face was pressed up against Crowley's chest. He left a streak of wet skin in his wake, and Crowley could feel fresh tears falling just above his heart. I love you, Crowley. I love you too, Aziraphale, 
Crowley told him, and it felt so good to finally say it. I love you now. I loved you a thousand years ago. Longer, really, but we don't need to bring history's longest pathetic crush into things right now, do we? I'll tell you later, promise, but let me keep feeling a little cool tonight while I still can. I'll keep you to your word, Aziraphale said, and it sounded strangled. Good, someone needs to keep me honest, and you're the only angel for the job, Crowley sighed. And just for your reference, I'm going to keep loving you for the rest of all time, and heaven doesn't get a say on that, either. I just... I just hate... Aziraphale began, and his voice was wobbling again. Had they ever got to decide how we... how I got to love you? Crowley squeezed Aziraphale tighter against him. All the bony angles of his own body slotting in so perfectly into the soft curves of the angels. They didn't really. They tried to, but we always found a way. You always found a way. He shimmied lower, too, until half the blankets were kicked off the bed and their legs were tangled together. Then he tilted his angel's borrowed face up, wiped tears from sharp cheekbones and brushed red hair out of Aziraphale's eyes, and kissed Aziraphale right on the tip of his pointy nose. You broke their control over you a long, long time ago, Angel. And after tomorrow, they won't ever be able to try to tell you what to do ever again. It was a long time after that before anyone spoke again, silent except for the occasional quiet sob, always followed by murmured half-words that tried to soothe away the worst of the hurt. Don't make an effort for me, Crowley, Aziraphale said at last, his voice raw but steady. Keep my body as blank as they made it. They don't deserve to know anything else about me. You're right, Crowley told him. They don't. They don't deserve anything from you. Your privacy, your loyalty. Thin hands with long fingers cupped Crowley's cheek, tilted his head until the two of them were looking at each other face to face. I want to do it myself, Aziraphale told him, serpentine eyes practically blazing. Tomorrow. You are going to save me, and I am going to save you, and none of them will ever bother us again. When I get back from hell and you give me back my body, I'm going to make my body exactly the way I want it to be, and then you and I are going to break every single last rule in the book, and that is a promise. Crowley took a moment then to just look at Aziraphale. No matter what happened tomorrow, he wanted this image, 
the sight of him, intimate and fierce and so very Aziraphale, even when he was wearing Crowley's own body, to be burned into his mind. Still, though, as risky as their plan was, Crowley couldn't help himself but trust that everything would work out all right in the end. After all, here was Aziraphale, the bravest angel she ever made, and they were on the same side. When Aziraphale put his mind to something, he was bloody unstoppable, and it was looking like Aziraphale was beginning to realize that fact about himself, too. I love you, you beautiful bastard, Crowley said, laughing a little, even as he choked up. He kissed his lover's wet cheeks, the taste of salt lingering on his lips as he spoke. Heaven and hell had better watch out for you tomorrow, angel. With a promise like that, there's no force in the universe that could stand in your way. The End